0: Just play this fucking thing. Silver Shamrock, go fuck yourself. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween.
1: The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us, all of us. Stop it! Halloween. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospectives. Uh, happy Halloween. This is coming out the week of Halloween. Uh, I'm releasing these early on Thursday, but I think for this occasion, I'm just gonna release it on Wednesday because at the time of this recording, we were actually eight days away from Halloween. Hey,
0: and you people in the future know that Diego did not, in fact, meet this deadline and that the episode was released sometime in November.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so far, pretty good. Pretty good this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah. We're following up at the uh, Halloween 2, which was direct, not directed by John Carpenter. Uh, this is the last of the original Halloween films to be shot by Dean Cundey, mm-hmm. who I have made clear that I am a big... They were both yes, big fans and he will of. be
0: sorely missed.
1: Oh, uh, God, will he? Uh, there's
0: a bit of a whiplash the moment he leaves.
1: Yeah, um... He shot this and The Thing within, like, the same year, I believe, which is, like, goddamn, Two movies that apparently no one saw. <laughs> no one saw, but... Although,
0: I don't know if that's actually true. I don't know if that's actually true about Halloween 3, because I think it did make money. I just think it was so weird, no one really knew how to respond to it.
1: Yeah, it uh, didn't make as much as the previous two. But, I mean, like, even Halloween 2 didn't make nearly as much as the first yeah. one. Was down by like fifty percent or whatever, which I mean, like for back then, still pretty good. But like you know, would basically kill like all franchise momentum nowadays. Yeah,
0: it definitely would today.
1: This is the first film by director Tommy Lee Wallace, who would go on to direct *Fright Night* Part Two. They made a sequel in the eighties. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good if you could track it down for like a thousand dollars, but uh yeah. it's out of print. And the original television version of Stephen King's *It*. Yeah. Which I am actually, uh, I, I like as much as the new one. Which might be controversial to some people, but I, what the fuck do you know? I
0: haven't liked any of the It adaptations yet.
1: I completely understand.
0: I mean, they're all fine.
1: I don't want to get into they're that, fine. but... They're, they're fine. Yeah.
0: Um, don't want to be like that dick who, that I am. <laughs> but uh, nah. it, it's, it's, they're fine. Yeah.
1: Would you say Halloween 3 is fine?
0: Uh, it's more than fine. It
1: is good. A very solid good. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, like, I literally just thought of this, but I kind of want people to go in blind to this if they haven't seen it already, because nowadays a lot of people are are kind of, like, getting back on board with it. For the most part, people uh, are still not really discovered it. Even, like,
0: I only noticed in, like, recent years people kind of reevaluating this. Uh, Because in my circles, I've known people that It was just hated for years. And this was one of those first times where, like, I was kind of given, because, you know, the setup is, oh, it's got nothing to do with the rest of the series, and it's this weird, like, diversion from what's going on, and it sucks, and it's stupid. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, I kind of like it, but I'm not mature enough to know that, like, I can have my own opinion on things. So I just kind of like, yeah, it's bad, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But eventually, uh, I started realizing that I did really enjoy uh, this film.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I I was in the same boat because I was like, uh, this has nothing to do with Michael Myers, and I was never a big Halloween guy at the time. Uh, I think I talked about it by now, but like, like this this one kind of uh, landed with a thud with me too. As so I got older, you know, I, I watched it again, and uh, and I'm I'm a big fan now. Maybe not the greatest. Uh, yeah, I don't.
0: I'm not sure. It's, the sequels, it's not like a masterpiece
1: of horror.
0: But it's a pretty fun movie, and it's, it's it's fucking just weird as all hell.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like, I, I definitely, I'll say I flat out love it, uh, but it, it, it doesn't compare to, like, the first Carpenter one or anything. Fucking bizarre, it's, man.
0: It's honestly great for this time of year, is all I wanted to say. Oh,
1: yeah. It's a perfect movie to watch for Halloween. If you can get on board with it being Halloween 3 and having nothing to do with the rest of the series... Which really which you shouldn't really should it shouldn't
0: be that hard to do. Just go, it's not a Halloween film.
1: Yeah, it's just the season of the witch. Awesome. Here's a couple things that I thought of while watching this movie. It's a murder mystery. Kind of got some neo-noir elements. Uh, there's a little bit of a invasion of the body snatchers in there. There's something about witchcraft. It's a conspiracy thriller. Uh, it's about corporate takeovers. Uh, it's about Disney. It's... <laughs> yeah. it's a fucked up version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at one point. Mm. Uh, it's it's so weird.
0: It's uh, Computers <laughs> are the New Magic.
1: Oh, yeah. Androids. There are android assassins in this. This is all the same movie. This is all one under one movie. This is all that happens.
0: Yeah, it's, it's There's so much in it, and none of it is treated with that much, like... <laughs> Like, you know, they kind of have that rule where, like, your movie's supposed to have one outlandish thing in it, and this movie has, like, seven, and none of them are treated as that outlandish, which just makes it even weirder. <laughs>
1: like, I kind of think that works in the movie's favor, but it is just, oh boy, buckle the fuck yeah. up, kids. It's, it's It
0: feels like a um, Goosebumps book. Oh, I told it does. That. It feels like... A, what you always wanted the Goosebumps books to be, but they never were.
1: <laughs> it's just as kind of vicious as uh, the first two movies. Like, it's not scary, really. Like, I, I don't think it's very, very scary. There's one moment where I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind of creepy.
0: It's got a, it's got a fucking dark as hell ending.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It totally does. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, the body count, it's just, like... It, it, it's not very high, but when people die, it's, like, real awful, brutal deaths. Yeah,
0: if people get, uh, there's a couple that were, like, I, there was one I thought was a little unnecessary, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a slasher film, and I think that's maybe why it's such a weird turn for, uh, audiences these days.
1: Yeah, and, uh, it's a well-known fact that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill they didn't want to do Halloween too because they were like
0: they were kind of forced into flush? it
1: through lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, um, um, and they were like, "All right, well, we got to make an anthology series then." And it's like, "Oh, sure, whatever. Who cares? Money, 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 money talks." And and so they tried it out, and yeah, no one liked it. That's what's weird, so, honestly. Like, I don't
0: mind. Like, it's it's weird to suddenly want to change the Halloween formula in the third film. You know?
1: Yeah, that's the weirdest thing about it. And not, not, not so much the components in the movie, but the fact that they were like, all right, let's make it standalone stuff now and still call it Halloween 3. Like, I get you kind of got to do that back then for, like, brand recognition for Halloween 3. Just, but that I, didn't help I'm it. I'm sure so. there's films
0: out there that have done this. I know there are. I just can't think of any. Um, it's like there's, like, three movies with the title, like, Troll 3. <laughs> and they're just different <laughs> movies. They just kind of, like, lumped under it. Uh, but... I can't think of, like, any movie, like, on this, like, where it's, it, it could have been its own thing, and they're just like, ah, do it. Like, from its inception, it was intended to be a sequel to Halloween, you know? Yeah. I think, like, a lot of, like, the stuff about it before the full story was known was that it was another film that they just branded as Halloween 3 at, like, the last minute, but that's not the case at all.
1: I feel like that's kind of how you gotta, like, approach it, though, because there really are still a lot of people that, like, just refuse to... Even like acknowledge it, but like, oh, that one sucks because there's no Michael Myers. I'm gonna tell you going through the series to catch up before we start talking about the sequels for the retrospectives, that ain't a negative. So, (laughs) turn that down.
0: As is Chalice. When? What's his condition?
1: Tom Atkins stars in this movie. Yes. So Tom Atkins was uh, almost Riggs in Lethal Weapon. But they were like, he's fucking old, so we're not going to do that.
0: Was he still in the Lethal Weapon movies? Yeah.
1: He's uh, Murtaugh's buddy who turns out to be involved in the plot.
0: Oh, yeah. doesn't He, he gets killed, yeah.
1: Yeah, he gets shot through a window oh, and Eggnog. Doctor.
0: I don't know how I feel about him as Riggs. I mean, the, the, the upside is that he hasn't gone on any horrible <laughs> anti-Semitic rants. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Crazy Mel Gibson was just a fun character trait <laughs> not like the horrible reality we're stuck with
1: yeah hmm. but I kind of uh, I see it in this movie more so than uh, Lethal Weapon Time cause uh, he's kind of got like this cocky attitude Like he's not crazy like the character he plays isn't crazy like Riggs but he's kind of like a smarmy asshole I mean I'm not a bad he's dad like, but he's,
0: he's acting kind of like kind a Harrison
1: Ford type character like if Harrison Ford was but, like sleazier yeah because he clearly has like a history of like sleeping with every woman he meets
0: well yeah he teams up with a with the daughter of a murder victim <laughs> and sleeps with her almost like within like a day yeah Although she really wants it so I can't I can't be like he didn't muscle his way into that one
1: <laughs> no but there's that point where he's like wait how old are you you're already in bed, so it's like, come on, dude. Like, that's, that that's was gross. funny in
0: the 80s. Remember Animal House where he, the guy sleeps with a 13-year-old?
1: I've never seen Animal House.
0: you never seen Animal House?
1: No. No, I kind of feel like like I missed the boat on that one.
0: Might be too late. <laughs> 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 Just watch Belushi scenes.
1: YouTube, yep. thank you. I don't remember the, the Coley's name. Uh, the actress, I really liked her in this. She has nothing to do she at really a certain doesn't. point. It's kind of just like, she instigates the investigation, but who's kind of like already on it. Yeah. And it kind of feels like uh, the, the, the movie would have more momentum if, if if it was just a platonic relationship, even.
0: Yeah, and she gives it the more momentum to get, She she's why they go to the town. And like I don't think he would have gone there. He probably would have stayed in his lab investigating shit as a doctor, but she kind of pushes him to go to the town. But other than that, yeah, she doesn't
1: really have much to do. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, they plant that inkling at the beginning when he visits Dex's wife and kids, They're like you know, like they're divorced, but maybe like he's not around so much. Like yeah, he's a doctor, he works a lot, but then there's clearly like something more there to him. Like once he starts yelling at, it, she starts yelling at him on the phone later. It's like um, he hasn't been the best dad. There's a history. So if it was like this platonic thing where he's kind of connecting with this other person's daughter and he learns to be a better father through that, that could have been kind of neat. You know, that could have been kind of interesting. He gets, kind of gets to reconnect uh, with another father figure. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that this kind of thing isn't happening as much in movies yeah. anymore. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's not happening in movies anymore. No, less Less so. Obviously, like Tom Cruise even kind of like, fucking everything he, he's in
0: well now they're doing this weird thing it's, where they it, keep the pairing him with young leads young women but then they don't really get romantic at all so it's just kind of weird
1: <laughs> but whatever it's like they uh they know what they're doing but they're like no, no no we're not we're not we're not going all the way with it see they're not kissing anymore too many so, too no. many
0: screenwriters have been trained to write scripts that'll sell so they don't know how to break the cycle yet <laughs> fucking save the cat bullshit um, we should mention that Nancy Loomis is in this, and she was in the first Halloween. Oh, and the original Halloween played on the television. Interesting moments like that. And the Halloween, like, you know, music from Halloween shows up in this. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. Because uh, Tom, I mean, uh, uh, John Carpenter did some of the music for this.
1: The main theme here from the beginning, that comes back a couple times when the, when the mystery starts taking off and stuff, that, that's Carpenter. Like, that's clear-cut yeah. Carpenter. And uh, It's great. I, I'll play a little bit in the background while I'm talking over this, but uh, I, I really love this score a lot, and I think it's just as good as the first Halloween score. It's a little more uh, compl- complex, complicated, because the original Halloween's obviously just like, do 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 mm-hmm. you know? But it's got a there's a nice different yeah. flavor to it.
0: The opening of this is real cool, the computer graphics uh, slowly making the pumpkin. <laughs>
1: oh yeah that's where I
0: I said it gets the idea that computers are the new magic in this that was the 80s that like computers could do anything Uh, (laughs) so that we mix it with some dark arts and then you get fucking season of the witch I guess
1: yeah um unlike Halloween this is the only Halloween movie to actively be about the season of Halloween which I also like Mm. you know like that's not a negative to Halloween or anything but uh it it's it kinda makes it or tries to make the audience reevaluate their connection to Halloween. You're kinda like the uh like the there's an innocence to it, obviously with the kids going out trick or treating and stuff, like it's just a fun time, you know, kind of a like this corporation's kinda like taking advantage of that for nefarious purposes. Yes. That's that's fucking great. <laughs> I think we need more stories like that nowadays for reasons. All of them.
0: But yeah, getting back to that old-time that old time religion, getting back to those, the pagan roots, or the Celtic, or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. So he's got a thing against the Irish. A lot of Irish stereotypes in this.
1: Oh, well, well yeah. Oh, Mr. Cochran.
0: <laughs> oh, he's got the best workers up at his factory.
1: I guess we should probably describe a little bit of the plot. Because well, holy shit. we
0: just start with the opening? Yeah, let's where do a, that. Where an old man is fleeing from men in suits with a Halloween mask in his pocket, and he is killed uh, after he kills one of his chasers, one of the assassins, and dies at a gas station um, with a silver shamrock mask in his pocket. And eventually uh, this leads to a doctor and the old man's daughter, to investigate the Silver Shamrock Corporation and what they might have had to do with the murders. Well, that's a setup. That's a setup, and it takes you a while. I mean, you can you can tell that there's something up with these Silver Shamrock masks pretty quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's clearly not like... Uh... Like, not just another corporate entity, there's, like, uh, Something
0: really strange go around, and they go to uh, the town of Santa Maria, which I, I believe is the name of the town in the original Body Snatchers film.
1: Like, that's, they're just straight-up Body Snatchers. They're just ripping from it. It's a
0: direct callback. Well, because this is very much like a pod people movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, instead, But instead of pod people, it's clockwork robot men.
1: <laughs> like, like, sure, why not?
0: Uh, yeah, why not? Uh... That that's it's that is so outlandish that if, if you can't get past that you won't get into the movie.
1: Yeah. That's fine, you know. Like some movies just aren't like something's just on click for people. Mm. That, that's cool.
0: One thing I was thinking about when I was when I was watching this yep. uh, I kind of at one point I had a hard time believing that these silver shamrock masks would be as popular as they were, you know, like they're it's a it's just a pumpkin, a skull and a witch's mask. And kids were buying it and just putting it like over top of other costumes. And I was like, "Why well, that wouldn't really work?" And then I kind of thought, "No, the '80s was like the first generation where like collecting that shit became like you know like the Boglins was like I think that started in the '80s, where it's like you got to collect things." <laughs> and I and a big part of that is thanks to a good old uh, Ronald Reagan and deregulation as to what you could advertise to children in the '80s. So that's why you could suddenly start getting cartoons that were basically straight-up toy
1: commercials.
0: (laughs) And you get Transformers and He-Man and My Little Pony and all that shit. Uh, And so I I could see these masks being popular for, like, a hot minute. And that's the thing. They definitely wouldn't have lasted another year. Would have been a fad, but that don't matter. (laughs) So Mr. Cochran... Uh, The owner of the Silver Shamrock Corporation, who is a, I guess we should just say it, (laughs) he's a warlock who has stolen a piece of Stonehenge (laughs) in order to make magic computer chips that go on the masks that when they're given a signal through the Silver Shamrock mask commercials uh, will turn kids' heads into Bug and snake hives, and then they'll kill their families.
1: Because <laughs> <Yeah>. why not? <laughs> a child's skull melts as all that shit pours out of it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, that kid, by the way, uh, the actor who played him apparently has grown up to be a very staunch anti horror film person. I saw him interviewed in one of the Halloween documentaries, and he was like, it's sick that people like these kind of movies. <laughs> it's like, what demented person came up with that? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck yourself. I love this shit. <laughs> no,
1: it no I love that scene even more.
0: It was when your head just caved in. <laughs> I mean, it's fun for a movie. I, of course I would not enjoy that in actual life.
1: No, no, of course not. Um,
0: but, because that would be a very bad thing to witness.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, I love Tom Atkins' character's reaction to when he sees that on that little television screen, and he just like he just can't do anything but clench his fist like close to his well, face. Well, I just
0: like his reaction because he's kind of like, "All right, this is my reality now. <laughs> this is something that I'm now I now have to deal with." Um, the most ridiculous thing ever to happen. <laughs> we should mention that uh, uh, Mr. Cochran, the owner of Silver Shamrock, is played by uh, Dan O'Herlihy, who uh, some people might know from Twin Peaks. Uh, he was on, He's in RoboCop. Everyone knows him in RoboCop. He's also in a movie called uh, Fail Safe that I really like, um, and he's really good in this.
1: Oh, he's he's great. He has he, one moment specifically later that I'll bring up when we get to it that I just adore.
0: He knows this way of like you know being like friendly, but like he kind of having a crooked smile to him that gives him like a real wicked look, or like he can just tilt his head the right way. Um, it's great.
1: Yeah, he doesn't overplay it, too, which he could have easily have done with the role like this. Yeah,
0: really, he doesn't, like, he's not, like, yelling at all. He's just kind of like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Like, now you don't understand. I gotta, I gotta do this.
1: Yeah. I I don't think I've ever fully understood, as much as I love this movie, the purpose behind his plan.
0: And he wants to remind people what Halloween is really about.
1: Yeah, but... Uh. I guess, like, like, is that it? <laughs> like,
0: I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know enough about, like, actual Halloween lore <laughs> to be, like, you know, the ritual of whatever. Sam Sam Samhain. Samhain. Is, that, is that this one?
1: I think so. Because um, it was in Halloween 2 also, right? Yeah. Like, it's written Sam on the wall? Was
0: into, I guess it was the same thing in this. I'm sorry for not remembering.
1: No, 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 that's all right. So like, I, don't uh, know
0: the, I don't know the details of what that is. Is all about, but apparently, this the hills ran red with blood (laughs) the last time it happened. Um, so might as well do it again. Uh, I don't know. Witches, you never, witches, they they tend to not make a ton of sense.
1: You brought up an interesting point in Halloween 2 with um, the jack o' lantern revealing like a skull. So, like, you kind of uh, asked if it was like maybe about how these fairy tales and stuff have like a, a darker. The folklore has like a darker meaning behind it or something like that you know like the harsh grim realities of like that fantasy and for that movie i still don't know if that's what they were trying to do <laughs> but maybe for this one they took that idea and kind of ran with it
0: well it says something now that it's about these masks that the masks are essentially the the evil of this film that they're like these these tools, that something that's playful has now been, not not just, it's not just evil masks, it's like a marketed mask. It's a product. That Halloween's now a corporate product, and then now that's what's going to kill you. Um, it's basically, you know, I, it's probably a message about how you shouldn't, you shouldn't corporatize everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just, it, you're gonna... It's not very subtle. Yeah. But that's fine. I, I love it.
0: <laughs> come on, come on, come on.
1: What's the matter?
0: What was that family's name?
1: The Cupfers. Yeah, think the Cupfers. they just had no idea. Not only what they're getting into, but, like, he's completely oblivious to, like... Well, it's,
0: he's so enamored with the idea of the American dream. I mean, it's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> which is... I mean, it really is kind of a stab at the 80s a little bit, which is when all that American dream bullshit kind of came back. Mm-hmm. You know, that you work hard. If you work hard, uh, you can rise up in the world and it's like see Mr. Cochran he started selling goofy tricks and then he became rich
1: yeah and his wife says that right
0: Um, she might have and then she says something like God there's hope for us yet and yeah, like actually yeah. like praying to God <sighs> and it's like I don't like that just shows how like warped this whole country is where it's like God probably does not give a flying fuck about capitalism <laughs> it's like hey you made up those fucking dumb rules <laughs> and but it's like Little do they know that Mr. Cochran's had witchcraft (laughs) on his side the whole time, and that's why he's... I mean, really, the people that sold us the idea of the American dream in the 80s were people that were already rich to begin with and were afraid to lose their money. And that's kind of what is perpetuated to this day. Um, I believe the quote is that, like, there are no poor people in America, just temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Like, that's kind of the attitude we have. And so, and that family, like, is, like, the living embodiment of that. Like, they're just living in a Winnebago. It's just, you know, oh, say, go, like, beyond the move. Like, they're entirely just cogs in the, this other machine that they will never benefit from. But they're told that they're, like, an important part. And they're just fodder for this shit. Any movie that's undercutting Reagan. Five stars. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun for me. I just, I mean, there is actually a pretty uh, a pretty direct call-out of like, Reagan-era shit where we run into a homeless guy um, and he's like, I used to have a job and then that Mr. Cochran came in. And it's kind of like, well, this is why you can never reason with like big Reaganites. Like, their whole thing is like, I made so much money in the 80s, it had to have been good. And then like, if you really look at the 80s, it's like, well, the reason why half the country made a ton of money cuz we impoverished the other half. <laughs> like homelessness shot up like big time in the 80s. And that's that's a very I maybe it's just a little this might be a little early, but that feels like a very direct stab at like Reagan era policies.
1: Even if it wasn't like a direct uh attack on those ideals, which it very well could be and I I I view it as such. It's at least aware of like the systems that perpetuate that kind of bullshit. It's
0: so weird how Santa Maria and this is like, honestly, this story could work even better today where like Santa Maria, they, they aren't just the factor where everyone works. They're the hospital. They're the, everything in the town goes through the silver shamrock corporation. Like they're a corporate town, literally. And I, I maybe, I don't know in the eighties, that was probably like a far off idea, but nowadays we really are getting that with how like tech companies are taking over entire cities um and slowly you know taking over everything like the it's i was especially thinking about it with like the closed circuit tvs where like that's played up as like a weird thing and now that's just kind of our reality where everywhere we go there's closed circuit televisions
1: yeah and in many ways this movie was ahead of its time and i, I think people that are willing to check this one out now are kind of at least gonna be more interested because maybe of it's just that.
0: that. Speaks to our generation more than the '80s generation.
1: Everyone was on maybe too much... maybe it does, but uh, everyone I, was I think... making
0: too much money and was on too much fucking coke. <laughs> Enjoy this shit. Which if you look at like that's the thing. If you really look at like '80s when like there's all these classics that are ignored in the '80s. Most of the time, it's because they usually have a very depressing message or a message that was like the opposite of the attitudes at the time like i think the reason the thing bombed so hard is just because it's such a nihilistic film when you watch it and that was not an attitude people wanted in the 80s the 80s was kind of like oh you know stuff isn't bad anymore uh, everything's good that you didn't make any mistakes <laughs> the, the race wars were not your problem in fact it doesn't even exist and America's always been good. I just remember talking with uh, my dad once, and he was like, there was a time, he like, says it like completely obliviously, like, there was a time in the 70s when every film had a negative ending. And I'm glad that stopped. I'm like, do you think that might have had anything to do with Watergate? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, literally everyone had lost faith, like, with everything in this country.
1: Can't imagine what that's like.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. This, we don't feel that way at all right now. I'm also thinking of, like, They Live, when he's, like, looking at the television, and the politician's on the air, and he's like, the old cynicism is gone, everyone's optimistic. And it's like, sure, it would be something like this.
1: (laughs) Maybe that was, like, Carpenter's, like, he was driven with, like, those messages in a way that I think,
0: uh... He's pretty left. Yeah. And he was, he's very outspoken about his hatred of the changes during the Reagan era. Um... I mean, that's a, there's no fucking way he didn't hate the Reagan era if you make They Live.
1: <laughs> I mean, um,
0: but I, I actually,
1: I actually post. I don't know too much about that original reception really quick to uh, They Live.
0: I think They lived it fine. I don't think it was like a big... But that's like the end of his streak of like good movies. Mm. so like the next one is like Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Um, which I actually have never seen. I've never seen
1: it actually same
0: um and because it's just like i don't like chevy chase <laughs> like, <laughs> i've seen like clips of it and it's weird because i've seen it i'm like you can like from the moment you look at it you're like that's a john carpenter film but then chevy chase starts talking <laughs> and you're like oh my brain's not ready for this
1: well since we kind of made like unofficially october or john carpenter month mm-hmm. do you want to watch that movie <laughs> like next year <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, we'll do a Carpenter film every year. We, I, we could do any Carpenter film, really.
1: Alright. I guess I'll hold off on that one.
0: I guess, like, *They Live seems like one we could do, because I feel like they're gonna remake Escape from New York any day now. Um, and totally fuck it up. Uh, just understand that when you watch Escape from New York, it's about Watergate. It's like, I'm not not—I'm not even, like, that's not me being an idiot. That's John Carpenter saying uh, yeah. he wrote it about Watergate. Um... And that's what makes it a great movie.
1: John Carpenter is clearly a stronger filmmaker than Tommy Lee Wallace, but I want to take a moment to appreciate his work because I think he does some nothing like crazy fancy, but he's able to keep like kind of the vibe he that did, Carpenter you know, he carried. Did
0: a good job. I think he's fine. I just think maybe he's never been given the budgets or scripts that could really, you know, he could really work with. He seems to elevate a lot of what he has.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Friday Night Part Two. I actually really like it. Mm. Uh, no one else on the planet has seen it except for like five people. but
0: shock! It's out of print. I, I did not know it was out of print when you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's this is like impossible to track down right now. Is so it like, sorry. Is there a rights issue, or is it just? Uh, I just think that uh, who whoever was funding it didn't make any money off it until they kind of just like brushed it to the side. Mm-hmm. Like it made like almost no money. Yeah, I think it was bit uh, bombed. It bombed uh, really hard, and I, I don't know. I, I I don't know the full story behind that. I I gotta look into that because I really like that one.
0: They did remake Fright Night. I'm surprised they didn't like try to like release it around then. Remember when they remade Fright Night? It just fucking sucked. <laughs> I don't
1: remember it. I remember watching it. I don't remember anything besides Colin Farrell.
0: Colin Farrell's in it. Um. Oh, and David Mc- Tennant. McLovin's in it. Oh yeah. I'm oh, no, not uh, crazy.
1: And I don't like that actor, but no, and, that was and weird. And
0: Chekhov, rest in peace. do um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Great guy.
0: Um, I just remember there was a really awkward scene that was very clearly improvised, like comedy. Like they like the director just left it in, <laughs> and it was like re- like it felt like a joke out of super bad. <laughs> and it like totally. I just remember that being really awkward, and that's like and but hey, it's the only thing I fucking remember from that movie.
1: But Tommy Lee Wallace. Was able to do some really interesting stuff with the camera in mm. Front Night Part Two. Like he really makes like some kind of swoop around and like he gets scared from scenes or like uneasiness out of scenes that honestly shouldn't play on paper. It's one of those sequels that like that's basically the same movie as the first one. Yeah. But he mines something else out of it. That's like that he's able to make these reversals more fun and kind of the last better. scares a little more tense. The the genre flourishes mean more to the characters and the story.
0: I think there's a reason that even though the fucking script to the It miniseries is just terrible, uh, there's still a lot of it that, like, leaves a lasting impression. And more than just Tim Curry's Pennywise. I think there's a lot in that miniseries that's actually alright. It's just, it doesn't work, really.
1: No, no. Especially the second half. Yeah. Which is, like, god-awful. Yeah. But I really think he has a good sense of, like... I don't know if he storyboards, but I feel like he's a director that does because he gets a lot of mileage out of like uh, his framing and uh, and lighting, which is not like a high bar by any means. But I mean, yeah. if you're good at it, you know, you can pull off some, some pretty well, interesting stuff. It
0: looks a lot bigger than it really is at times, which I'm which I was really impressed with. Uh, I think that's sweeping shot. I think that's a sweeping the sweeping shot of the factory floor where they're working on the Stonehenge piece um like that was a pretty cool like little moment where you're like oh this is like the whole operation and the, but then when you really think about it, it's like one
1: room <laughs> but
0: he makes it look like there's like a lot more going on
1: it, or how the high-tech computers are like on the shelf yeah. bookshelves and if you're like yeah. if you really look you can tell it's kinda of a little chintzy but don't be an ass i think the one hold up
0: for this that like kind of stops it from being really good is that the uh the robot people are not that intimidating uh. They're they're kind of just bland. Um, Honestly, the creepier guy in this was the hotel manager who's like, oh, Mr. Cochran, he's the best. Like, he's just overly friendly. But whenever they do the, like, people who are just, like, the no-emotion robot people, that wasn't that. It was kind of like, eh. You know? Yeah. I would have rather seen more people that were kind of, like, infatuated with Cochran
1: in some way. Yeah, that's scarier than... At least for this kind of story. hmm Call as dialed. Please
0: hang
1: up and... Ch- One more day to Halloween. Halloween. One more day to Halloween. me. travel. One more day to Halloween. Yes, information.
0: I- I'm sorry, we cannot complete. Your call as dialed. Please hang up and... I wrote the quote, someone mixed up the envelopes down. I don't know why. I think that's the part where they mix up where she thinks she's dissecting the car on accident, but it's really the robot man. That's actually a good mystery moment. Yeah, you don't you don't realize it's giving you a clue without really telling you it's
1: giving you a clue. Mm Hmm. Um, Like you clearly know the corporation's like evil. Like that's not a secret. (laughs) But seeing how far and how weird it goes is really the fun of this movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just keeps escalating. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, ones are going to stop, and, like, it really does, and it just keeps getting weirder on top of weirder.
0: I really like that the—I like how fleshed out the whole Silver Shamrock Corporation is. Like, where you can see the evolution of he started with, you know, making those, like, coin-operated little toys, and eventually, like, that leads to him making these robot people. Um And, I mean, and he's repackaging nostalgia for people. Like, he's repackaging shit. And it's, it's straight-up Walt Disney stuff. I mean.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, audio. I mean, fucking Disney made the robot Lincoln, you know, for the World's Fair. Mm. Um, it's, like, this is, like, kind of like what if Walt Disney was, like, actually a crazy evil person and not just the horrible asshole who hated communism. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom
1: Hanks played him once, so he's okay.
0: Yeah. That movie's a... Maybe something. I just don't like the part where he like gives the Sherman Brothers a compliment because that like I know that didn't happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, After the of the factory, uh, Ellie, I think is her name. The girl that teams up with Chalice. Uh, which is a funky name? Chalice? Never heard that yeah. before.
0: Dr. Daniel Chalice. Yeah, he's like a heartthrob. Like that's that's also kind of funny. I mean,
1: like like Tom Atkins ain't like you know traditionally like not good looking. He's just like a normal guy. He's the average Joe, which is why I've, one of the reasons I've always liked him as an actor.
0: I just think of how rare you see you see you don't see protagonists in horror films like that too often. You know,
1: like normal looking people.
0: Well, yeah. Well, it's either like a family or like teenagers. Like those seem to be the only two that anyone's okay with.
1: Which is why I'm wondering if that was part of its initial reception, because that's not a popular thing. It's it's still not a popular <laughs> thing, really. It
0: still is, but like Halloween Four does something that it does bring teenagers back, but it has another element that like you wouldn't think would play well with audiences, and it did. Uh, but we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right. So, Ellie gets taken by the Silver Shamrock Corporation. He fights an android doesn't realize it's an android. He punches his stomach in, and his hand gets covered in yellow android goop, and he just freezes. And that part could play really weird to some people. I think it's kind of great, because he's just like, what the fuck? What, 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 (laughs) what, 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 what? what, what? Like, what do you even do in that situation? (laughs) It's like, the audience has no clue about those things at this point, either. So we're kind of like in the same seat that tom atkins characters yeah we have no
0: clue but i think you could you could put together some of something's going on
1: oh no something's definitely like been going on it's just like the level of weirdness is is fucking off the charts in this movie
0: (laughs) i would say one thing about the mystery of this film is that like you don't have all the pieces initially and you you might not know what's going on but it's not i wouldn't say it's that difficult to be like or, oh, like, those people are either robots or they're clones or something. And that there's something up with the masks.
1: Because,
0: I mean, that's literally all it could be. That's the only problem. There's no, like, red herring. Um, yeah, yeah. But not that you really need it. I mean, it keeps this film from being longer than 90 minutes.
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's really well paced. I yeah, think it's really well paced. Well, it's
0: a get in, get out movie. It's a good, like I said, it's a good. Watch it Halloween night, you know? Um, get some friends together. Get fucking high as shit off candy corn. <laughs> Just <laughs> fucking down that shit, and watch Halloween three
1: season of the witch. Yeah, and there's really no like attempt at like hiding that the masks are clearly evil because yeah. like like the the woman who's staying in the hotel ru- motel room next to them yeah. finds that thing and starts tampering with it, and then her face gets melted off. and yeah, bugs that are crawling out of that it. Poor woman. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's fucked up, man. Yeah. And the cut between like that and like alien chalice, like. Going at it for the first I think time. that's when
0: she's like, did you he-, like, they're having sex, and she's like, did you hear that? And he goes, who cares? Yeah.
1: Just like, <laughs> fuck. This is... This is kinda nasty. Yeah, uh, but... I don't know if that's like 100% great, but I, I kinda really dug that sleep. No, no, I don't know, this. there could
0: be an axe murder in the window, and I might be like, who cares?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean... I get that. <laughs> I'm not
0: trying to say I'd be much more mature in that situation.
1: No, I mean, like... Or adults, but, you know. That's a grown ass man. That's like a fifty year old man by that point. Yeah, but
0: you got a most a lot of men in this country do not age out of their twenties.
1: Yeah, that's also true.
0: This is an unfortunate reality of this nation, um, and that's why they're that's why they're all destroying this country right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, big I, Halloween sequel about that.
0: Hey, you totally could. Um, but uh, one thing I liked was that when the villain starts explaining, when Mr. Chicago starts explaining what the plan is, he kind of just starts laughing. And it's like, he, it's not like a villain laugh. It's like, he's laughing at the ridiculousness of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just a, a nice little way to be like, yeah, we're all in on it. Oh yeah. What the hell happens to the villain in this? Uh, Cochrane. Yeah, because like, at the end, uh, everyone gets captured, our, our hero escapes, he figures out what's going on, he knows that the commercial, the grand prize that Silver Shamrock's been building up to is just this message that's going to make all the masks go off, and he's got to stop it, so he breaks out, uh, gets the girl, and then he dumps all the buttons on Cochran's robot people and short-circuits them. Um, and Cochran does like this, you know, he like does like a good show.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, like, that's the part I was... Uh... I was referencing earlier. I love that. Where he's just like, oh, you got me. Yeah, good show, old bean. <laughs> yeah, because he's just Whatever. like... He's evil, but he's not like, yeah, I'm going to fucking like... He really appreciates... He's not getting off on the evil, He appreciates
0: you know? the trick part of Halloween.
1: Yeah. it's like, just like, oh, you, you got me. And then he, it's already then been he gets, established by that point, you know? But that, then
0: he gets hit by a laser beam and disappears. Oh, yeah. What's that about?
1: I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I don't know
0: what that was.
1: <laughs> uh, like, I mean... How few movies have quality come up like that for the villains, you know? Not that every movie needs it, you know. They use like their own methods against them. Like yeah. Like the corporation ends up like devouring itself basically. That's like, the only like, way that's awesome.
0: groups like this. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't is, know what happened to Cocktail. It's no. shockingly <laughs> rare, no even to this day. Like um and even when I get like a taste of it, I respond to it more than I maybe should. Um, maybe that's why, like, I was so happy with like the drones and the Winter Soldier blowing themselves up.
1: <laughs> okay, and there's the final twist with uh, Ellie being revealed to have been replaced by an android.
0: Which I don't know if that was necessary, honestly.
1: <laughs> I, I don't either. Uh,
0: I guess it's just to show that everyone who is a robot was a person at one
1: point. Yeah, which uh, I like that too. Like. I guess you can kind of like imply that all those were citizens of the town at one point. Not all of them, because uh, it's mm. been established that uh, the townspeople didn't get the jobs.
0: Well, there's a genuinely, there's a genuinely unsettling moment when he runs into the old lady who's a robot who's apparently from the 1700s, <laughs>
1: um,
0: which is an interesting little line to throw out there.
1: Yeah, and, uh, like what's the context for that? <laughs> like. They've been ma- being made from, I, like, hey, back well, then? Well, they or? say
0: that this shit's been going on a while.
1: Yeah, that, that's true. Um,
0: but uh, one thing I really love about this movie, and I'm just going to jump to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the one thing I really love about it is that the movie ends where it started. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Which is, I think, the perfect way to end movies like this, where it's just, like, such a fuck you, in a way. Because <laughs> it's like nothing was accomplished. Like, we're just, you're, you're just the crazy guy at the beginning who started the mystery off. You're just, now you're just the next part of this mystery, and you didn't solve anything. Now you know what he was running from. It basically says that the guy at the start of the movie was the protagonist of his own story where he didn't win, and now our protagonist doesn't win. Um, it's a neat little, like, cap to put on the film.
1: Also, his kids are probably dead.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, because his wife wouldn't take those masks off. He's like, you're drunk. Uh, like,
1: to be fair, <laughs> I mean... I, to be like, fair he what he was calling it, with. You could
0: tell that the reason that divorce happened was because of him. Yeah. But the movie kind of does frame it like his his ex wifes a bit of a nag. Uh,
1: yeah. Which is a it needed to be uh more landing a certain way than it was.
0: It's so it's so depressing when he calls in to like get the commercials taken off and they get him off the first two channel like and every time they get it off one channel the kid just changes the channel. Like that is the most depressing thing ever. And it just ends with that. That ending is so good.
1: Oh, it's the fucking best.
0: And again, it, it's an ending that I know would uh, like piss people off. I mean, people don't like endings like that for whatever reason.
1: Is it pretentious to say that like that people like don't like to think about the movies after they're over? At least talk about them.
0: I, I think there's there's a good percentage of the public that doesn't like to think about it. Um, they like to feel satisfied at the end, but they don't like to. Have been left with a question. I mean, I was—I had a conversation with uh, grown-ass men about three weeks ago, and all of them were deeply against the idea of movies ending ambiguously. Jesus. And like, yeah, like, oh, that's there's a gen, there's people that are just like, no, I need my answers, like none of that ambiguous shit. And but then like they'll also be like, I like The Shining. And it's like, well, that is the most fucking ambiguous ending ever. <laughs> it's like I don't think people know what they mean when they say that. I, don't know, I I just think most people don't look at their art critically, which I'm not like saying like ah these morons. I just people don't have fucking time. Like I just I mean I saw that new I saw the new Halloween spoilers. We're recording this after that has come out. That is a pretty clear ending, but because there's not like of like obvious like staple at the end of it, I there were some people in the audience you could tell were annoyed. I, I saw it twice. I've seen it twice, and one audience clapped at the end, and the other audience was like. That was bullshit. At least I was was around a couple people who were like that. So I don't know. I I don't know what people are looking for in movies. Um, Because I feel like if you give people what they want, they're not going to like it anyway. Because I feel like the the Marvel films have essentially been giving audiences exactly what they want, and people really are angry about Marvel films.
1: Even though I I think uh, kind of the movies have been getting significantly better because they give you something to talk about after they're over well, yeah I would say but, like...
0: they had like a three like punch like they had like Guardians 2 uh Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther were all like really good and even then yeah. all of those movies all have something about them that like stops me from going like that was a great
1: movie if it goes out it means the death of millions of people everyone watching don't you understand that say it's a bomb then say say whatever you want say whatever you like just get it off the air i would still say that this is probably my second favorite in the entire series it takes a lot of boxes for me personally i like the weirdness i'm a big fan of Tom Lee wallace's three movies that he directed yep i i wish he had a longer lifespan in the director's chair check it out if you didn't see it already in this podcast how to convince you I would like you to go in with an open mind. Because at the very least, you'll come away having seen the weirdest fucking third movie ever. Or maybe maybe not ever, but it's up there. Stop
0: it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it! it. it! Halloween
1: 3 season of the witch, the night no one comes home.